0: Welcome to the Mastery Over Money podcast. My name is Michael Kim, and I'm a wealth coach, future CPA, and creative at heart. My mission is to help young professionals such as yourself have mastery over your money and start living a life of financial freedom. Not only will I teach you how to save, invest, make, and maximize your money, but I'll also transform the way that you think about it. At the end of the day, money management is a skill and when you have mastery over it, you can create anything. Are you ready? Awesome. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mastery Over Money podcast. I'm so excited because I have one of my friends and mentors, Jo Lee. So Jolie Lee is a financial coach and a CPA. Uh, so I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for coming.
1: Oh, thank you for having me and welcoming me. It's so great to see you again and to see the progress that you've made in your business. It's just fantastic. So, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, Jolie was actually probably one of the main reasons why I got into financial coaching. I remember two years ago when I was like, "What is financial coaching? What is a financial coach? Is this even a real thing?" And then I I remember reaching out to Jolie and I was like, "Can you tell me more about this?" and Here I am today.
1: (laughs) Yay, right? That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. So honestly, thank you so much, Jolie. And thank you for leading the way for me.
1: Well, yeah. And I think it's the whole community aspect of it, right? And in Canada, we have such a, a nice little group and community of it. So I'm always here to support that.
0: Amazing. Okay. So for those of you that don't know you, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay, so I live in Calgary now with my husband and I've got two teenagers, but I grew up in Saskatchewan and I'm still kind of a farm girl at heart. Um, But I knew right away I needed to go to the big city and I wanted to be a CFO. And so I came to the big city here in Calgary and I got my business degree. I got my CPA designation. I was doing all the things. I had the the fancy office downtown then I had kids. (laughs) And then I also did some more. I changed my jobs. I stayed home for a while with the kids. And then I changed jobs and I was doing controllership, So that's like the top accountant at most uh, small entrepreneurial companies. So I did that and I loved it. And But then it got to the point where it wasn't such a good fit for me anymore. And so I left that job And I suddenly had all this time. So I started doing lots of volunteer work. I've been with CPA and Cryek and Junior Achievement for years now. And it was doing that that I recognized like, oh, wow, working with these people is what really got me excited. And I don't know, 2018, that's when Wellbeing Coaching was born. And I'm so proud of it. I'm not here to be an entrepreneur. I'm here to be a coach. And so I'm, you know, just falling into all the things that are, you know, me now being the business owner, but I absolutely love it. So I've been doing this basically part time for the last three and a half years.
0: (laughs) I love that. And I love your energy and enthusiasm as, as you talk about it. So I, I'm curious about how did you learn about financial coaching and what made you actually decide to get started and start helping people with their money?
1: You know, I was really very fortunate because growing up, I had the financial knowledge, I had the financial backing from my family, from my parents. And so I started out really young with investing and, you know, understanding credit cards and all of that. And so it was normal for me. But of course, then as you grow up and you see your friends and all that, it wasn't the norm to understand all of that. And so, but it just got to the point where it was actually all the work that I was doing with junior achievement. And so that's where you go into the schools and you're teaching classes about financial literacy, essentially. And I was, I was super excited and I thought, oh, wow, there's such an opportunity here. I can't wait. And when I first, first started my business, I thought I was going to be teaching these teenagers all the time. Lo and behold, when I started, it was all these women, my age that had the exact same questions. And so they're the ones that were reaching out to me and I'm like, oh yeah, I can help you. And so it was a very, very quick transition. And now that's mostly all I serve is women professional women probably in their 30s 40s maybe 50s too and sometimes their husbands tag along but it's always the women that find me and they can relate and resonate and they understand and so that's kind of how I got into it.
0: <laughs> that's a, that's amazing so it's very natural like you're, you weren't like I am a financial coach starting today it was kind of just like I want to help people first help You know, as whoever wants help, a.k.a. kids, because they may not know it, but then you're just like, oh, adults my age, adults of all ages actually need help with this. And Mm -hmm. we're never taught about financial literacy or how to effectively manage their money.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there's resources and stuff online. So I started poking around. I actually took a certificate program in financial coaching right here in Calgary from Bow Valley College. And, you know, so that was just getting a better understanding of, you know, what's involved in this. And of course, you keep learning and trying different programs. And, you know, I've done other facilitation programs, you know, all of those things that come to build up what my coaching business should look like right? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So I think a lot of people may be a little confused as to what is financial coaching, right? Because a lot of people go to the bank, they work with financial advisors, they see, you know, tax consultants and all of these people, but financial coaching is a little bit of a term that they might've not heard before. So do you mind explaining about what is a financial coach or a money coach and what exactly do they do?
1: Well, I think, so first of all, everybody has a different take on it. They have a different way of approaching this, right? So some financial coaches might focus specifically on debt repayment or those kinds of things. And some might be more into investments or achieving financial independence, right? There's a whole variety. And, you know, so for me, the way I approach it is to really get my clients confident with their money situation. And so part of that is just understanding where they are and most importantly, where they want to be because then we can create that plan. And I think the most important part of that plan is that it's in alignment with what they value. And so this is much beyond here's a budget and stick to it and you know life will be beautiful. It is not that because that's very easy to just dismiss. And so it's really working with my clients to decide these are the most important things. And so that's where we want to put our money. How how are we going to allocate all of that so that we get to live the life that we want? Now, for some people, that is, hello, I want to be debt free. For some people, it is, I want to be a millionaire. For some people it is i just want to go on holidays to hawaii every year right so everybody has different priorities but it's really customizing this whole plan and getting that money mindset figured out so that they can continue doing this next year and in 10 years from now
0: i love that thank you for explaining exactly what you do very clearly in in a very simple (laughs) manner And one of the things that I love about financial coaching or money coaching is that there's really no rules, right? Like when you work with a financial advisor, they have like certain things that they have to tell you and like very, um, there's a lot of rules. But when it comes to financial coaching, we get to choose on how we help people, whether that's through investments, whether that's through money mindset, whether that's through even real estate, right? And that is that's why financial coaching can be such a really great custom solution for yourself because you get to work with someone who specializes in a certain area and you can ask for their help.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing is that coaches like you and I, we are not tied to any particular financial institution. So we are not biased in saying, this is what you should buy you know, when it comes to insurance or investments or anything like that, because we're totally independent. And so any of the guidance that we're providing is not going to fill our pockets, right? And so I think that that's a big difference than what you've seen before at the financial institution where you walk in and sit across the desk from someone.
0: Yeah, Because, you know, I went through this as well. My students have gone through this as well. You go into a bank and you're like, I need help. And they sell you products because they get commission off of it. And is that really the best decision for you? You know, sometimes it is. Oftentimes it isn't. Um, In my case, and for a lot of people, it isn't. Um, And as you said, that's one of the benefits of, you know, working with someone who is unbiased, who has no bias and the thing is that I'm happy when my clients have the best results right um, and you are happy when your clients get the best results and you know that helps our business that helps um, that helps get the word out about financial coaching and how much we can help people and I love I absolutely love it as well.
1: <laughs> I know and like I get to celebrate all the little wins you know when somebody, is messaging me on Instagram and saying, oh my gosh, I just set up my very first TFSA. Like I am beyond excited for them because that's just one more step in their financial journey in them getting that independence, right? And to your point, it is not just a savings account at the bank that they were sold when they heard, Mm -hmm. oh, I should have a TFSA, right? And so this is now like we are getting invested. We're using these tools to our best usage, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I I love it. I love to hear those reports and those updates from those clients. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And it's even more than just like opening up the account. It's actually opening up the account and knowing what to do with it, right? Because you can can go to the bank and open up a TFSA. You can open up 10 TFSAs, but do you actually know how you're using that TFSA to achieve the life and goals that you want? And that is why education is so important.
1: Yep. Yep. And, you know, it's all about the intention of the money, right? So you're going to invest according to that intention of the money. But also, it's even as you're going through that, I want you to have that clear picture of why are we doing this anyway? Right? I want you to be excited about what that TFSA is going to do for you. It's not just stacking money in the bank right? That's not exciting. I mean, it is when you see it going up. Great. But it's not about that is what does that money do for you?
0: I love that. So one of the things that you mentioned before was that you help people with money mindset. Now on the podcast, I talk a lot about money mindset and how, how to work on that. But what is your definition of what money mindset is? And what are some of the maybe struggles that people face in terms of their mindset?
1: Well, I think the most obvious thing is that a lot of clients will come with a scarcity mindset when it comes to money, as in, there's never enough. I'll never make enough. I'm too dumb to figure it out. Right. And so, all of those things, those are stories that these clients are telling themselves, whether it's true or not, that's what they've told themselves for the last however many years. And so, sometimes we have to just take a step back and say, okay, that was a story. And what's your new story? What do you want it to be? Because as soon as you've reached out to a financial coach um, like you or I, you've made that commitment to say, I think I need some help and I need to do a change, right? Something is not working for me the way it is. And so when we talk about that money mindset, it's opening up all the options, all the opportunities to say, how can we make it work? right? And so we look at what were the stories that you heard when you were five years old with your parents, right? Did dad make all the money and control all the money? And so mom had no options or was there just never enough money? And so there was always fighting in the house or, you know, it could be a whole variety of course. Right. And then when I work with my couple's clients, each partner is coming with their own stories (laughs) from when they were five. And then what about when they're 20 and if they've lived the starving student, right? If you've been in that kind of a situation that has impacted you, that's imprinted on you. Doesn't mean that you're destined to always feel like a starving student, but it's part of your story. And so at the point where you're looking for coaching, you've decided to change your story.
0: I love that. I love how you explain money mindset. And when it comes to that story, those stories are constantly influencing us, are constantly in our subconscious, whether we like it or we don't. And part of managing your money mindset is just being aware that it exists and how it's influencing you. And then, as you said, changing that story, changing that narrative. Uh, A common example is that, I have a lot of clients that say, I'm just not good with numbers. I've never Mm -hmm. been good with numbers and how that impacts their life is that they don't look at their finances because they are quote unquote, not good at managing numbers.
1: Yeah. Math is hard, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Math is super hard. (laughs) And obviously that story and that narrative is not serving them. So then one way in order to overcome that is just to change the narrative. How do you want to think about your money moving forward? How do you want to think about yourself moving forward in a way that it actually serves you and helps you?
1: Mm -hmm. And it's so empowering when you get to that stage because we know it is not about the math, right? You and I, yeah. Okay. We're accountants. We can handle a spreadsheet. We can do all the math. That's involved. But when it comes to all of this managing your money, it is not a math problem. It is the psychological impacts and how we deal with that. Every single thing. It could be as simple as I'm tired and lazy, and do I do the drive through or do I have food at home? Right? That's an emotional kind of a decision. It's not a math decision because we all know the math decision is eat at home. But we don't always do the math answer. And so understanding how you're approaching all of these things, that's the key.
0: I love that. And how I like to break it down is like the difference between like strategy and mindset. Like strategy is actually very simple. Like, you know, to save money, let's say save a thousand dollars, but then what's actually preventing you from saving that a thousand dollars is all of the thoughts about yourself, about i don't want to save a thousand dollars. Saving money is hard. I, you know, I've never been able to save money. And that's actually what's preventing you from not being able to save money.
1: (laughs) That and buy me, buy me, buy me is everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is asking for your money. And so it's very, very tempting to get off track.
0: Yeah. Okay. So Jolie, I think a problem that I've seen with a lot of people is that there's a lot of shame when it comes to money. They don't want to look at their bank account. They feel ashamed to ask for help when it comes to their finances. Um, so I'm curious about how you helped your clients, people in general, your community to be okay for asking for help.
1: So I totally agree that shame is one of the biggest things and kind of in conjunction with that, is also overwhelm. And so if you're embarrassed about your situation and if the story that you're telling yourself is, oh my gosh, I should know better. I should be further ahead. And I should have done this, that, and the other thing. And because I haven't, I'm terrible. So if that's the story that you're telling, first of all, that's not serving you very well. Um, But it's really about, finding the safe place to discuss it. Right. And so, um, I know you're not in there, but I do have a Facebook group called Canadian ladies money club, where we talk all about these things. And I'm not the only smart lady in this group. Like, are you kidding me? There are over a thousand people in there that have lived the exact kind of situation that the other lady is in right now. And so, having that safe place, having that community is so important to be able to ask those questions because you might not be able to ask your spouse. You might not trust the answers from your parents or your coworkers, right? And so it is difficult to find who are the resources and where are the places that we should look because of the overwhelm because if you look online there are a zillion ways that are going to tell you how to get out of debt for example right and it can be completely overwhelming you go to the library same thing there's a zillion books there on the shelf that are going to teach you all the things that you need to know but when you bring it home to your own numbers oh that's where it gets overwhelming and stressful and you're still going to be spinning your wheels in oh my gosh i can't believe i don't know this oh my gosh i How did I get to where I am now? Especially if you're in debt saying, oh my gosh, I'm in such a terrible situation. Okay, I think that part of what we do as coaches is to say, we are a safe place. You can ask all the questions that you have and we're not here to judge, right? Your friend might judge you if you say, I don't know what a TFSA is. They might. I don't know. Um, But when you're working with a coach and we're like, well, that's fine. We can teach you. We'll show you how to do it. We'll get you investing. Even if it's $25 a month, let's get started. And I think that's part of it is just to look at the excitement and what can happen when you do find that community or even that person, that coach that can help you decide this is what I want. And we can do it. We can do it together. Absolutely.
0: I love that. Going back to what you said about the difference between or the reason why there's a lot of overwhelm is because there's information overload. Mm -hmm. And I think we're in the days where like our problem back in the days, it was like they were in the problem of like they didn't have information. They're like, where can I buy a book about like financial literacy? But in our day, like right now in the where we have access to the Internet, we can literally have any information that we want at our fingertips, how to invest, what is a TFSA, all of these things. But
1: Mm -hmm. then there's
0: a difference between like information and application. Information is just knowing what a TFSA is. It is a tax free savings account. Being able to apply it is how do I use this TFSA for my specific situation for my life, for the goals that I have. And I think that's kind of like the disconnect.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's scary the first time because so many of my clients have already uh, suffered by not being served well by their financial institution. And so that trust is broken. And that is absolutely the biggest thing when you're working with a coach is you have to really trust that person that is not just gonna sell you something so that they get a commission. Right. And so that's, that's the the most beautiful part is when I can convince people that these things don't have to be as complicated. They don't have to be as scary. We can walk through it together and on the other side, look at what's possible. Mm
0: -hmm. So one of the things that are preventing people from asking for help is overwhelm and also shame. So we talked about overwhelm, Why do you think a lot of people have shame when it comes to asking for help? I know a lot of people that don't want to ask for help because they're like, I should know this. You know, I can't ask for help. So what do you think is causing the shame? And like, why, why is it taboo to even talk about money?
1: And well, so part of it is because we're embarrassed because all of the, "woulda, should have could us, right. And then I think it's also one of those things because it's when it comes to money, it's very finite, right? So it's very easy to get into a comparison game. For example, if I say, oh, I'm worth a million dollars, and you say, oh, I'm only worth whatever, $800,000. Obviously, numbers, the math says, well, I'm better than you, right? If it comes to something like parenting, I can say, oh, I'm the best mom ever. Okay. You and if you had kids, of course, you say, No, no, I'm the best parent ever. There's no exact match to be able to judge to say, Are you really, though? Right. When it comes to money, it's a finite thing. You can say a million dollars is bigger than 800,000. So there's the that's a no brainer. And so. The shame comes in because you don't want to talk to anybody because you might be talking to your neighbor or your best friend and they might have more. And so it's this comparison side that makes us feel, uh oh, I don't want to feel less than.
0: Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. And that spirals as well. Because when you compare and you're like, oh my gosh, they have more than me, I have to shrink myself down. I have to hide what problems I have then the problems just get bigger and then they also get further ahead and then Mm -hmm. it's just like a bad endless spiral
1: well and I think the other part is is that it's just human nature to do sort of that looking and comparison and you know the whole keeping up with the Joneses idea, we can see things. Oh, the neighbors just got a new car. Boy, that would be nice to have a new car. We don't know if they paid for that car. If they're making payments on that car, maybe their grandma died and gave them the car. We don't know. And so sometimes when it comes to that, we don't have all of the information to make that accurate judgment to say, oh, you know, this is what your net worth is, or this is, you know, how much do you earn in a year, right? That's another very obvious one to say, oh, well, I make six figures. Oh, I don't. They're more valuable than I am. And so then who wins in that whole comparison? Nobody, right? Unless you take the mindset of, Oh, wow. They're making that. I can make that. And you use that as inspiration instead.
0: (laughs) And this is the power of mindset and how it can affect you.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Amazing. So how can someone overcome this shame and this overwhelm to be able to ask for help and ask the right people for help?
1: Well, I think what you and I are doing is getting out in the community to say, hey, there are people that can help. I think that's like one step. And the more people that we serve who can then tell their girlfriends and their, their coworkers and everybody else, it's like, oh, that's a thing? Oh, let's normalize that, right? And I think that that's gonna make sort of the biggest difference. It might feel a little bit, um, from the ground up. But I think that that networking, when it comes to personal finances like that, the trust is such a big deal that that's where we need to start because there has been such a disservice done in some of the other ways that people have been using their financial services.
0: Yeah, there is a long history of just people being mistreated and not being served the way that they should have been when it comes to their finances. And the thing is that money is like such an intimate thing because money is essentially can create the life that you have, whether it can be the life of, you know financial abundance of being able to travel and have a beautiful home, or it could also mean, you know, credit card debt and, you know, struggling living paycheck to paycheck. Money is so intimate because it can create the life that you have. And that's why a lot of people have a lot of concern and are very cautious with who, who they let in and into their precious lives.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But once you do, And once you start to understand what it is that you own, how you manage your money, and by that, I mean your your monthly cash flow, like what happens to your money? Start paying attention to it and give it some direction, right? If we can design our life to say, this is what we want it to look like. All right, let's break it down into some smaller steps so that we can achieve that. Again, that could be debt freedom or retiring early or going on holidays, right? Having that security and that freedom. Those are the two most basic terms that come up when I say, what do you want? It's always freedom and security. That's what money can give to you, but you have to use it as the right tool to get there.
0: Amazing. And Jolie, I think you are a really great example of someone who has used money to create the life that you want. Right, you are part of the fire movement of uh, financial independence, retire early. So, can you tell the listeners about kind of what is the lifestyle that you have been able to create for yourself, and how how do you live your currently
1: current life? Uh, so, I straight up, my husband is still working, and I have been doing this business now for three and a half years, and we are already what they call Coast FI. So what that means is we don't have to add any more money to our retirement. We will have enough. We're not retired yet. We don't want to retire yet. But when that happens, we already have enough invested that by that time, we don't have to add any more between now and then. So that's part of it. But it's also really about enjoying the ride. So there are lots of chatter about the fire community that it has to be, you know, ultra frugal, and it has to be a rush and a race to hit your FI number, whatever that is, a million dollars invested. Okay. So I don't necessarily agree with that being the premise because I'm here to enjoy the ride because we don't know, number one, if we're going to get hit by a bus tomorrow, but there's no guarantees at all. And I think part of that was just in the way that my husband and I, this wasn't just me. So the two of us deciding back when we got married, which was almost 20 years ago, um, it will be this summer, but deciding at that time, we're gonna buy a house that we can pay for on one income. That's a ginormous decision that we made 20 years ago. We're still in the same house. Um, other decisions. I stayed home with the kids for eight years. Like that was a million dollars of earning that I just left on the table. If I was hardcore fire, which of course I didn't even know that that was the name given to it at the time. Um, but if I was hardcore, I'd be like, Oh, no way, man. I got to get more money in the bank. And it's all about that dollar. It's not all about that dollar. It's about enjoying that time. If we're given a hundred years on the planet, Let's make sure that we're enjoying them, right? So part of the reason why I've been able to do this business, my husband has, so he's still working, but he has a lot of vacation time. Isn't it beautiful that I don't have to worry about getting my vacation time to match with his because I get to create that with my business, right? And so designing our lives to match each other And then to match what we want to do with our children, that's what it's all about.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Literally mind blown. And this is an example of what's possible if you have control of your money, if you know how to manage your money, because you can manage it in a way where you can create the life that you want, to create the options of Having to work your job or to not work your job or to even work a business if you want and doing something that you actually enjoy. Like, I know Jolie and she actually loves financial coaching. (laughs) Like, she (laughs) really, (laughs) yeah, I I don't know, but I'm pretty sure she really, really loves it. And she's like, you're not doing it because it's like making you tons of money. You're doing it because, sure, it makes you money, but you also love it. And that is what truly makes people happy being able to choose and have the option and choose what makes them happy and actually doing it
1: there is a ginormous difference between i have to work and i want to work and that's all mindset it really is i mean of course yes we have to have the financial backing to make be able to make that decision but saying i want to work makes it feel totally different than i have to work
0: How does that change things? Because that is actually something that I really struggled with before. I was always like, I need to, you know, have a successful business. I need to work at a nine to five job in order to prove something or like uh, to Mm -hmm. be able to take care of myself. But what changes and what happens when you go from, I have to work to, I want to work.
1: I think you get to live in alignment better right? So one of my favorite books that I recommend to all my clients is your money or your life by Vicki Robin. And this is putting your life energy on the balance with making money, right? Or spending money for that matter as well. So what things change is you have a much lower tolerance for BS is really what it comes down to because you get to choose. Do you want to work? Do you want to work for this person? Do you want to have this client? And when you're empowered to make those decisions, you don't have to put up with stuff. It's as simple as, you know, you've heard um, J.L. Collins talk about his F.U. money, right? So if you have enough money in the bank that you can just, you know, something happens at your job and you're like, ah, I'm out. I've got enough financial security. I don't need to worry about this job. I can leave this. I've got some runway and I can find another job or whatever, it totally changes the way you can approach that and what you will accept.
0: I love that. And I like to share that example in terms of like even relationships, like back in the day, the man would always be the one managing the money. And then the woman would just, you know, rely on the man. And a lot of times there would be you know, conflicts, like maybe they're the woman's in an abusive relationship. And if she has financial independence to just say F you and be able to leave, that is so, so powerful for her to be able to have control over her life, create the life that she wants. And that's the reason why, like whatever gender that you are, whether you're a man, woman, or, you know, non-conforming, being able to have financial independence and financial literacy and know how to use your money is such so powerful. And, and it's something that I want everyone to be able to have.
1: Exactly. And it doesn't matter if you're in a relationship right now or not. You know, I'm working with um a few different clients, single ladies' clients, who are just coming out of a divorce. And they're saying, Holy cow, okay, this is what I've got to deal with. And now How do I design my life? How do I get my cash flow in order? How do I get my investments and my future set up? And it doesn't matter, again, whether you're already in a relationship, in a marriage, whatever, those conversations need to happen so that you both have that clarity and that confidence to say, you know what? We're each okay. Together we're okay, but we're also each okay.
0: That is so powerful. And I think it also just makes the relationship less pressure when, because like one of the biggest financial pressures or like one of the biggest pressures in life is just money. I think like 80% or don't quote me on this, like 80 or 50% of relationships break up because of finance problems. And imagine if you didn't have to worry about finances that much, like Mm -hmm. you knew how to pay for your house? You knew you you guys were okay financially. Wow, your chances of like lasting a healthy, happy relationship is like has increased by like fifty or eighty percent. That's quite
1: significant. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes those conversations are very difficult. And so, in every relationship, there's always someone who's more of a spender and someone who's more of a saver. It doesn't mean that you're a rock star at either end, but there's going to be differences in that. And so sometimes having those initial conversations around budgeting can get very tense. And so that's another great way to bring someone like a a financial coach in there to diffuse the situation and to really talk about what are the things that really matter the most. And when you can design and dream up what your life, what you want it to look like, then together, designing that budget and that plan is so much easier. And then I encourage all of my clients to keep having that money date and, you know, update your numbers, revise your goals, celebrate your wins, of course, and keep moving forward so that you can both see the progress.
0: Yes. And I, I love how you brought up like couple coaching. I I've had the benefit of working with quite a few couple coaches as or couples as well with their finances. And I'm curious from your perspective, what are some of the differences from coaching a single person and from coaching a couple? I'm curious from your perspective.
1: So, number one, it takes a lot longer to work with the couples because there's two money stories, two money mindsets, two ideas of this is what my ideal life would look like. And so it's really getting the two people on the same page. Right. And so that, you know, from a coaching perspective, that takes a lot longer, but it's also so much more rewarding because I can see them come together and, I'm no marriage counselor. Absolutely not qualified, but when it comes to talking about the money and when I hear that they're having their Sunday morning coffee money updates like that, that just shows that they're putting in that effort and they're ready to take it to the next level. And I'm just so dang proud of those couples because I know they're going to be successful. And so it's, easier in some aspects, because I know that they have that partner at home, that they get to continue those conversations. But then when I work with my single ladies clients, I get to be their sounding board, right? I've had some of my clients say, oh, you're like my money BFF, or you're my fairy godmother. And because they don't have the partner, and so then i get to play that role when they're bouncing these ideas off and saying like is this crazy am i okay with doing this and so i get to be that guidance along the way and i mean i love to be that too
0: <laughs> i love that yeah when it comes to coaching couples what i've often heard said is that they always feel a lot closer after going through coaching together because I think you learn a lot about someone in the way that they manage their money and coaching is such an intimate process as well. Uh, As we talked before, it's all about your money story, about experiences in the past that has influenced you today. And oftentimes you have to be very, very vulnerable. And by being vulnerable, whether that's in a single, like you're coaching one person or you're coaching a couple, it helps to create such a stronger connection with, with everyone, even with the coach, even, even with, with the coach itself.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's just, from my perspective, it's just so rewarding to see that transformation happen. Right. And when I can see that they're off and ready to fly on their own, like, I'm just so proud of, of, not what I've done, but what they have done. They've put in that energy and that effort, and they've made that commitment to say, I want something different. And now look at us go. And gosh, that's why I love what I do.
0: (laughs) If you guys didn't know, Jolie likes what she does. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So Jolie, what is one last piece of advice that you would like to share with our listeners here?
1: So if I could sum up the number one problem with all of my clients, so this is regardless if you are a multimillionaire or if you are heavily in debt or whether you're 20 or you're 60 or whatever your situation, every single one of my clients has the same root problem. And that is they aren't paying attention to their money. It could be as simple as I didn't realize that I was in so much debt, or I don't know what my investments are, or we're just kind of floating through life and the money slushes in and it sloshes out. And that just happens month after month after month without direction. And so whether you sign up with a coach or not, you're going to DIY, you're going to go to the library and listen to podcasts like this one, or however you choose to do it. The number one thing start paying attention to your money. This can look a whole bunch of different ways. This can be, I'm going to track my net worth. Fantastic. You're going to track your your spending and your income and create some goals and plans and decide, I need to know what my investments are in and if that is still a good fit for me, right? pay attention to what's happening. You work so hard at that job. If you've got a nine to five, you work so hard for the money, give it some attention.
0: That is really, really great advice. And when it comes to managing your finances and you know having those habits of looking at your numbers and paying attention to it, it's so much easier to do it like when things are simple, (laughs) like if (laughs) if, if you don't have, if you don't have kids, if you don't have a mortgage yet, and like you just have a nine to five job with income coming in and your own expenses, it's so much easier to get started now. And then Mm -hmm. you add little things on top of it. Then you get a mortgage. Then you, you know, you have kids and you have to take care of other people instead of, you know, waiting until the last minute and being like, oh my gosh, I have this huge problem. What do I do?
1: Mm -hmm. And that's why, and especially if you're starting a business or you've got rental real estate, like, oh man, things can get messy Mm -hmm. real quick. Right. And so that's why I love when some of my newly divorced clients are coming to me to say, I'm starting fresh and now I need to get my systems in place so that I'm ready to rock and roll. Right. And so it's the same for anybody that's just starting out. So if you have just finished school and yeah, you probably have some student loans and you've got your first job and yay, you're actually making real money. Fantastic. What are you going to do with it? What is the priority? Should it all go to your student loans or should you be investing some for later? Now is absolutely the time to get that sorted. And I tell you one of my favorite clients not that I have favorite clients, but one of my favorite experiences in hiring, in getting a client was, um, it was a mom that gifted my coaching to her 22 year old daughter. Like, can you imagine the, the financial foundation that that girl has now starting in her twenties to say, boom, let's go start with this. And she is, rocking it absolutely so that whole education and understanding her all o- her own situation she's golden already she's golden
0: what can be a greater gift than that of having control of your money in your life <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. amazing well thank you so much jolie for coming onto the podcast over here if people want to learn more about you and work with you where can they find you
1: so I spend a lot of time on Instagram. You'll see me in my stories. You'll see all the adventures that we do on the weekends. It's not all money-related content, of course, because I want you to see that this is real life, right? I'm still a real person. And these are you know, not saying that this is what you have to do, but I want you to enjoy your hundred years on the planet. So you will find me on Instagram at wellbeingcoaching. You'll also find me on Facebook there. And then you will also find me, like I mentioned earlier on my Facebook group called Canadian Ladies Money Club. And of course, online just at wellbeingcoaching.com.
0: Amazing. I will have all of those links in the show notes over here so you guys can check it out after the episode. So thank you so much, Jolie, and have a great rest of your day.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Like I said, I would gladly talk about this all day long. So I'm so proud of you and what you've built yourself, Michael. Like, this is so fantastic to have these resources available for people, right? And even if it's as simple as, hey, we put a podcast out in the world and somebody takes a listen and says, wow, this is going to change my life. Our job here is done.
0: Yes. Exactly. Awesome. Okay.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Mastery Over Money podcast. If you found any value with this episode, share this episode with a friend who needs to hear this message. Also, if you want to share your appreciation for this podcast, feel free to give it a review on Apple Podcasts as this helps me reach and help more young professionals such as yourself. That's it for today and I'll chat with you next week.